Holy Spirit, we just thank you that you are in this place right now. But I thank you that even as there were baptisms going on, Lord, that there's just a, a baptism of your spirit. Or that there's just a freshness in this place, a renewing in this place, in this very time. Lord, I thank you for the, the calling right now for all of us. I just, as, even as we were doing baptisms, it was just that so many saying it's, it's a new season to lay everything down. Lord, I thank you that you're calling us into the deeper waters. You're calling us into the deeper places. It requires a greater faith. It requires that place of, are we willing to step out on the waves? Are we willing to trust that even if we sink, that Jesus' hand will be there to take hold of us? It may not look the way we expect. It will likely not look the way you expect. But will your answer be yes, regardless of the outcome, regardless of what it looks like? I'm not going to preach a message. <laughs> but I just, I just want to touch on this. And uh, I feel like it's, it's, there's a place of, of consecration that the Lord is calling us into that is so much deeper than what the church has understood in the days, in the, in the past, in seasons past, both our church and the church, that, that when we think of consecration, we just think, we think of, well, it's, it's, the, it's the blood of Jesus which purifies us from all unrighteousness. And yes, it's that step one. But there is so much more. <laughs> Not that there's more than his blood. His blood is, is everything. It's the very thing that covers our sins. But then he says he puts his spirit in us. And there's this place that we go to where it's not just saying yes to him, but it's yes to knowing him and walking in his ways. And it's, it's the very thing, I'm just going to share this with you. In John 17, Jesus prays this at the very end. And I keep going back to it because it's just, it's, it's been hitting me and hitting me. The, the very end of the prayer of God the Son to God the Father, praying the very heart of the Father from the Son, he prays this and he says, I have made you known. He's talking to the Father and he says, I've made the Father known to them, to us. So it's only through Christ that, that the Father is made known to us. And then he goes on to say this, and I will continue to make you known for this purpose. So here, there's an there's a initial, like, yes, we get to know who God is. But then there's a continual getting to know him. If we think we know God fully, we've missed it. Because there is so much, so much more. And every time we see him, every time we look at him, we look at him from a different facet. It's like a, it's like a, uh, a diamond 
And there's so many different angles, so many different facets to a diamond. And, and every time you look, you see it a different way. It has a different sparkle. It glows a different way. And uh, that's a horrible analogy of God. But, but, it, but every time we look at him, we see him in a new way. We get a new understanding of who he is. It's, it's where uh, the seraphs who have, have eyes all around them, and they see they see the Father. They see the throne room, and they see the Father. And when they see him, it's that holy, holy, holy. And they, they see him in a new way. And, it's, it's the, and then the elders fall down at their knees and cast their crowns before the Lord over and over and over again. Because there's this revelation, this new revelation of, oh, he is so good. He's so good in that. He's so faithful in that. So there is a deeper revelation I believe the Lord is leading us into in this very time. It is our job not to try to figure things out, but to actually set our eyes on him, to get to know him. And this is what happens. This is the cool part. It says, and I will continue to make the Father known to us for this reason, in order that the love that the Father has for Christ, that it would actually be in us. So in the knowledge of him, in getting to know him, his love gets poured into us. When we don't know him, for those that don't know him, they can't receive his love. Go out, go out into the streets and talk to people. There's, they don't have his love in their hearts they, because they don't know who he is. They don't know who the Father is. And it's Christ that reveals the Father. We get the knowledge of who he is. We get an understanding of who he is. Not, not what he does for us, but of who he is. And when we have that understanding, then it says his love gets poured into us. It says, the love that you have for me, this is Jesus to the Father, the love that you have for me, that it may be in them and that I myself might be in them as I make the Father known to them. That's Jesus' words. And I believe that as he's calling us into this deeper place of consecration, it's a place of faith. What is faith? Faith is this, is this position of trusting in him. But here's the thing, and this is what the Lord was just showing me the other day, and I hadn't really seen it like this. Actually, put up one scripture, put up uh, the Colossians 1, 4 through 6 if you can. Here you go. So they say this, he says, we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for believers. The, the faith and the love, so here it is, faith and love that springs from the hope that is stored up for you in heaven. This is what the Lord was, it was like a light bulb went off in my head. And here's why, I, I was struggling as, as I was pressing in and going, Lord, why was Dan not resurrected? Why did he not come back to life? There was so much faith. There was so much, and we know who our God is. Why did he not come back? And here's the thing is, is we start to focus in, we can do this, is we focus in on the expectation of what he's going to do rather than who he is. And, and what the Lord was showing me, if you throw that up again, we cannot have faith unless we have hope. So 
it springs from the hope that is stored up for you in heaven. So, okay, so now you go, well, great. So I can't have faith unless I have hope. Well, what's hope? Because, <laughs> well, is hope faith? <laughs> like, is hope, like, is it something that I hope for? And, and here's the thing. Hope is not something that, that you contrive. It's not something that you put together. This is what, I don't know, maybe it's not a light bulb for you, but it was a light bulb for me. And so I'm just sharing, like, just what the Lord was showing me. Hope is this. Hope is in the very word of God. Rhema word, logos word, and who he is. Those are the three things. This is where hope comes from. And I, I, could, I can take you to scriptures to, to show you this. It was just... Um, see. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll say it this way. It's the, in Matthew 4, 4, it says, uh, we don't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So it's our faith, but what we live by is every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. That is the hope that he actually has for us. So when we, when we put our faith in hope, what we're putting it in is we're putting it in his character. We're putting it in his words of who he is, his promises. And it says that his word will never return void. Now, it may not come the way that we expect it. And when you, I was thinking back with the Israelites, God had a promise for them. When, they, when he took them out, of captivity, he said, I'm going to give you a promised land. But here's the problem, is there's, there are these things that have been spoken, there are things that the Lord will speak, promises, and, and what we do sometimes as, as the church is we go, well, if God wants to do it, he'll do it. And he doesn't ever work like that. I shouldn't say ever. He seldom works like that. I don't know of a, of a situation where he does yet, but, but what he requires is he requires our little faith. And it's not, we don't have to have the faith of a mountain. We have to have the faith of a mustard seed that aligns with his great hope and the promises that he has. And we set our little faith in that hope and he begins to reveal himself and, and, and we see it's, it's, Faith actually releases the grace. And that grace is the very, it's the, it's the promises that come from his word. So the, the greatest one is that we get to actually have eternity with him. Like that's a promise. That's a hope that we stand on. That's the hope of our salvation. That's that we have that helmet of salvation. And that's a hope that we can, we can hold on to. But there are, there are 7,000 promises in the Bible. And when we get to know the character and the nature of God and who he is, and we can begin to put our, our faith in that, that's a hope that never disappoints. Romans 5.5, 5, I'm going to, sorry, Andrew, I'm going to jump back to that. But um, Romans 5.5 5 says this, says, talks about this, this uh, jumping back a verse, uh, about this suffering that produces perseverance. Sometimes we go through difficulties. Sometimes we go through these trials. 
I feel like even what we went through, this was a, this was a trial. It was a difficult time. But what happens is there's a perseverance where we persevere into it. We don't, we don't turn from the Lord. We actually press into the Lord. And as we press into him, as we press into to like, okay, God, I don't understand, but I want to get to know you more. Then what happens is there's a character that's revealed, that's, that, that comes alive in us. What that character is, it's the very character of who he is. That as we press in with perseverance, perseverance, out of perseverance comes character. So we get to know him more. Character is released. And then it says, and char- after character, then what? Hope. What's hope? Now we know who he is. Now we understand who our father is in a greater way. So now there's hope. And, it, and then it says this, and hope does not disappoint. Hope, it never fails. It, it cannot. There's these three things remain. Faith, hope, and love. (laughs) The Lord was showing me this. I was like, we're talking about how faith, even when we press into things and we don't see the results, it's that faith that that we're actually sowing into. We're sowing into the spirit with faith. uh, But it never dies. It it never dies. It's carried on even beyond our life on this earth because we don't die. So if we don't die, our, the faith doesn't die. So, and I was like, well, Lord, show me where this is. Show me in the word where that is. And he took me right to 1 Corinthians 13. And these three things remain, faith, hope, and love. So we have, it's our faith, it's his hope, it's his word that always remains. And he is a God of love. He is love. 1 John 4 says that he is love. And so we know his nature. We know who he is. We have the hope of the very words, the promises that he has. The word of God, we can stand on these things. And there are, there are words that are spoken. There are prophetic words that are spoken over you. Now, it talks about it. It says, test those things. Just because somebody says something, don't go, well, that's a word of the Lord. I'm going to press into that. Check it. Check it in the word. Make sure it aligns. Check it that your spirit, like, yes, there's a, yes, that's, that's a word from, from the Lord. And then, we can, we can hold on to those things. But then there are still times where it may not come to pass in our lifetime for one reason or another. And this is that understanding that his ways are higher than our ways. But that nothing goes. It says your labor does not go in vain. So everything that we press into, everything that happened, the Lord was just showing me, as we were pressing into to that resurrection life, and we did not see it. It was not in vain. It wasn't that it was lost. It was that there was something sowed, and I believe it was sowed into this region for the things that the Lord's going to do as he is resurrecting the lives of pastors and churches and, and awakening his church in this season. We are going to see God never wastes anything. So I just, my encouragement to you is never get discouraged when, when something doesn't happen the way you expect it to happen. Hold on to that hope, which is his word. We know that it never fails. We know that it never returns void. It's that Isaiah 55, his word never returns void. And we can set our hope, or our, our, <laughs> we set his hope, combine it with our little faith, and we see God move in amazing ways. The, the, uh, the really cool, 
I was looking at this the other day, and then I'll just wrap up here. Um, in Joshua 21, the end of 21. So here you have the Israelites, the first, the first round. Here's what happened, is they grumbled and they complained. And I, I would really encourage you, don't grumble and complain. <laughs> when the Lord has, when he sets something, don't ever grumble and complain when it doesn't work out your way. Stay in that place of trusting in who he is regardless of the circumstance. And so in that, the first round didn't make it, but the second round they did. They actually learned how to trust in the Lord, how to walk in his ways. And, uh, and at the very end in Joshua 21, it says this. It says, and the Lord gave them rest on every side, just as he had sworn to their forefathers. Not one of their enemies withstood them. The Lord handed all of their enemies over to them. Not one of all of the Lord's good promises to the house of Israel failed. Every one was fulfilled. The Lord always fulfills his promises. And, and if there was, a, there was something that, if you remember Jake Hamilton, um, he was actually prophesying this and uh, it was, it was beautiful. Um, what were those words? I, I wrote it down on one of these pages. Um, I want to make sure I say it right. He says this. He was, he was singing this when he was here on like the 13th of June. Uh, he says, if I fight for it my whole life and I never get to see it, but my children get to live it, it was worth it. It was worth it. Jake has a, a daughter with cerebral palsy, and, and, uh, and they're contending for her healing. They've been contending for her healing for a number of years <laughs> since, since she was born. And they're still contending. They're still walking in that place of faith. But what they're also doing is they're sowing into something, and they realize that, that it's not about the result. It's not about seeing God do something the way they think it should happen. It's will you trust me even when it doesn't make sense? Will you trust me when it, it's not the outcome that you expected? And I believe this is what the Lord is leading us into. There's something else we talked about. I just I feel like this, it was this. It's, it's sometimes we think that, that this faith results in, in blessings in a physical way. And, uh, and we've heard people say, boy, I, I'm so blessed because of maybe of your finances or of, you know, something in your life that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm so blessed. And, and Jake said this. He goes, you're not blessed. You just have money. <laughs> you have money. That's great. The, the, the blessing is not in provision. The blessing is in the presence. When we have faith that draws us into the presence of God, this is the blessing that we get to hold on to. It's not about what we get. It's not about the next job or the career or the car or the house or the whatever it is that, that, that is, feels like it's so important. Life is about his presence. He wants to dwell with us day in and day out, moment by moment. And when we set our hearts on 
provision on things, even on people's lives. When we set our, our hearts on those things and not on his presence, we're going to get off. We're going to get frustrated. We're going to get angry with the Lord. And, and my heart and my prayer, even for those that are, that are at Fuel Church right now, that no one would get angry with God because they didn't do it according to what we think his plan should have been. He's God. He deals with the entire universe. We deal with Castle Rock, <laughs> our little homes in Castle Rock. His ways are much higher than our ways. His ways are not our ways. And so we cannot fathom, even begin to fathom or understand what he's doing and the way he's doing things. All we can do is trust that his nature, that his character is good and that what his promises are will come to pass. Will it always come to pass in our lifetime? Maybe not. There's a, one other scripture the Lord was showing me as we were contending for life is, is the end of Hebrews 11. You know, there's a, let me say this, there's a story, you Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you guys know that story? We blow through it so quickly. But just slow it down for a moment. I just want you to see this. When Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they came before the king, and he goes, I will not bow. They said, "King, oh, king, we will not bow. And even if you throw me in the fire, and even if the Lord doesn't protect me and doesn't rescue me, we still will not bow. But you got to be thinking on the inside in that moment that they're going, but God, you're going to protect me. I know you'll protect me. And then slow it down now because we read it as a, quick, as a quick story. But they had to sit there while this king got so angry that he said, I want you to heat up that fire, that furnace, seven times hotter than it is. That didn't happen overnight, especially in those times. They didn't go, okay, that's 22, we're going to go. We're going to just go to the digital readout and bump it up. <laughs> like, they're stoking the fire, probably for like 24 hours to get it seven times hotter. They're bound, getting ready to be thrown in this fire and going, God, I thought you were going to rescue us. <laughs> but God, it's that but God. And it's okay to have those buts, even though like, like you say, I will not, I'm not going to do this even if God isn't there for me. He will be there for you. It's just your perspective of how it is. God could have rescued them. God could have pulled them out of the fire and, and sent angels to knock out the king and the, and the army and, and, and protect them. But what he did was much greater. And this is where sometimes I feel like we're calling out and crying out to get rescued from the fire. And he's like, no, I actually need you to go through the fire. We don't have an understanding of it until after we go through it. But when they, when, they, when they went through it and came out, rather than just rescuing three men, what happened is God was able to turn a king to the Lord and, and change an entire nation for his glory. His ways are not our ways. His ways are amazing. But in the moment when we're in the fire, we don't see his ways. I believe that as we move into this next season, we need to be very aware of this. There are things that are going to happen that are not going to make sense. There are things that are going to come against us that are not going to make sense. I would say this, regardless of what, who, 
comes against us, how, what happens, make sure that we are always loving those around us. We're loving our enemies. We're doing the very commands that the Lord has. And he says they're not burdensome. I would argue a little bit that loving your enemies is quite burdensome. <laughs> but I think in the big scheme of things, when we get over ourselves and over our pride, we can love our enemies. We can love those around us. And then that gives us that ability to walk fully in the faith that he has a greater plan than what we can see. We're never meant to walk by sight. We're meant to walk by faith, trusting in his hope, the hope that he's actually established, setting our hearts on those things and allowing through that his love to empower us and strengthen us. In Hebrews 11, as we were contending for this, this resurrection, the Lord just brought me, brought us to this. And, and there's these, Hebrews 11 is the faith chapter. And right at the end, I'm just going to jump right to the end. It, it talks about all these amazing faith people that had this faith. But then it talks, <laughs> then it goes through these, this little grouping here that, uh, where it says, um, it says some were faced with, jeer, with uh, jeers and flogging, while others were chained and put in prison. They were, some were stoned. Some were sawed in two. They were put to death by the sword. They went around in sheepskins and goatskins and destitute, persecuted, mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in the deserts and the mountains and in caves and in holes and in the, in the ground. You're like, but wait, these, they had faith. <laughs> it says this, it says, these were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised. And you go, wow, that's a bummer. I want to be on the other side. I want to be the guy, I want to be David who slays the giant. I don't want to be the guy that gets sawed in two. <laughs> Same faith, different outcome. But it says this, God had actually planned something better for us so that only together with us would they be made perfect. There's this, that goes back to that in James 1, it says that it's by, we suffer, but it's in that perseverance that we build character and we're actually, it says, made perfect. We're perfected, we're mature, we make, we're made mature in his ways. And there's something that happens when we combine our faith with the faith of previous generations and then with the faith of the nations or with the generations to come. That we, God lives outside of time. We're so limited by our understanding because we're so confined by this, this short life that we have on this earth from the day we're born to the day we die. But time goes way outside of the way we see time. So to wrap this all up, go back to that. If you would go back to that uh, um, Colossians 1. So faith and love, they spring from the hope that is stored up for you in heaven and about which you have already heard. So here's that, the word that we hear in the true message of the gospel that has come to you. All over the world, this gospel is bearing fruit and growing just as it has been doing among you since the day you heard it, and here it is, and understood God's grace in its truth, in all its truth. So we are, 
that's that understanding that it goes back to. When we understand who he is, then we have that, that hope that springs up that gives us the ability to walk in faith and have his love as children of the Most High. I hope that makes sense. I'm going to leave it at that. There's so much more. Will you guys stand? Thanks for hanging in there. I know this is a, this is a long day. <laughs> I'm a, I feel like a raisin right now. <laughs> I just want to pray over you. And um, So this, as we, as we have this faith in his hope, this is that matured consecration that we're stepping into that we're his holy ones. We're walking into holiness. And he's requiring it. He requires a pure and a spotless bride. So I'm, I am excited for what the Lord is doing, but even more importantly, what he's about to do. But our mindset, we, we, we talked about it last week. It's like he's going to move. We just have to get out of the way. That getting out of the way is not stepping back from the things of the Lord. It's actually jumping right into the, into the stream, right into the river. But what we have to do is get our mindset out of the way. Don't try to comprehend it. Walk in obedience. But walk. It's faith without works is dead. So when he says to do something, we actually engage in it. Don't go, well, God will do it. And again, it's that walking around Jericho. <laughs> He's not going to do it on his own. He could do it but he uses his people. He uses us. So, Father, right now, I thank you for every person here, everyone watching online. Lord, I thank you that you are teaching us your ways. Lord, we're learning how to consecrate ourselves. Lord, we're learning how the importance of your word. What is your word? It's hope. Why do we dive into this Bible versus books? Because this is hope. The other is just a, 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 maybe an understanding. It's not that it's bad, but this is hope. This is where we get hope. When we listen to your spirit, that's where we get hope. When we look to you, Jesus, you reveal the Father. And we get to know the nature and the character. Lord, I pray that in this time, we would let go of the things of this world. That we would hold on closely to you. That we would know your word. We would listen to your spirit. We would walk in your ways. Our eyes, the eyes of our heart would be upon you day and night. We don't have time to mess around. You say make the most of every opportunity in this time because the days are evil. The days are short. The time is coming. Our time is coming. Every day matters. Every day counts. Lord, I pray that not one day would be lost. Not one day would be just kind of left left out here and, and well, we're going to just kind of disconnect from the Lord for a day. I pray that every moment of every day, we would be so intimately connected to you that in that place of faith, that we walk in your presence, that we abide in your presence. It doesn't matter what provisions we have. It doesn't matter if our needs are being met. It doesn't matter what our circumstances look like. Or we desire your presence to know you, to walk with you to love you, and to love like you, to live our lives the way you lived your life on this earth. So, Father, I bless every person here. I thank you, Father, for the empowering of the Holy Spirit and what you're going to do in this coming season, this coming era, in Jesus' name.
Amen. God bless you guys. Love you all. Have a blessed day. Amen.